Welcome to Healthy Spirals Yoga Ayurveda Meditation with your host, Marianne Beckman-Berman. Over the next hour, you'll learn from Marianne the secrets of the sister sciences, yoga and Ayurveda. Now, here is Marianne. Welcome to Healthy Spirals Yoga Ayurveda Meditation. Today's episode, the third, is called The Ultimate Peace of Mind. I dedicate this episode to my older sister, Fran, who died by suicide in 2012, and all of those who are experiencing any kind of mental anguish presently. So understanding the toll it can take when the mind cannot stop thinking and is full of incessant chatter, today, my guest, Veda Dave, will share another worldview that I found to be very life-saving. I attribute this wisdom to helping me surrender and finding ultimate joy as I have journeyed through the ups and downs of my life with more comfort and ease. So Dave McConaughey, who will be joining us for the second and third segments, brings to light the importance of Jyotisha, the study of astronomy, astrology, and the science of timekeeping using the movements of astronomical bodies and its connection to Ayurveda and yoga. So I want to start today again by just sharing with you the reason why I chose this topic. This is, to me, at the ultimate root of our health. When you read page one of the Principles of Ayurvedic Medicine, my textbook from the California College of Ayurveda, on page one it even says, talks about Ayurveda exists to keep mankind healthy. This is its primary goal. Goal. Okay, and if you keep going on to even the the just a couple paragraphs down, it reads, as people embark on the journey of healing through Ayurveda, they realize that good health is related almost directly and proportionately to proper lifestyle and state of mind. So the journey to create an optimal lifestyle and a peaceful state of mind is a noble journey and not an easy path. As health improves with proper lifestyle and a, peace, a peaceful state of mind, life expands with equal tenacity. This is honoring that the path to perfect health parallels the path to enlightenment. So given that I did not find Ayurveda until I was uh, 37, 38 years old, I had many lifestyle habits that weren't necessarily serving my best interest. So I look to using this information, you know, at improving my life, hopefully over the next 50, 60, 70, however many years, right? That um, is in my journey. But my guest today, Veda Dave, he was instrumental in helping me really connect some of the dots between Ayurveda and the cosmos. So with a course I took, it was a three-month course where we met once a week for 12 weeks, just kind of piecing everything together, watching our life and, and readjusting some of our routines, you know, based on what we were learning to, to see how it was serving us. So I can, I can say that thanks to Dave and just learning, you know, the wisdom of not only Ayurveda, yoga, and Jyotish, I've now readjusted my schedule. So wanting to wake up earlier and earlier, you know, and it, and it becomes easier as you get healthier. You know, I definitely no longer do any work well, very, very few, very rare. So if you've gotten an email from me at 1030 or ugh, it happens very few times and I'm really working on making sure I am off the computer, not doing any work from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. And I've shifted the main focus of the bulk of my work from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And this has been profound. So having to give presentations or you know, show up at an exhibit, you know, take a early class. It, it really makes my life just go sm so much smoother when you're well rested, when you're not staying up till 2 a.m. the night before an event or a presentation working on, 
you know, all of your last minute details. So instead, I can say that, I mean, 95% of the time since I have taken your class a couple years ago, I'm always in bed and I'm waking up earlier. So that enables me to wake up earlier and earlier. And knowing how important, for instance, this time frame from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. is, we call that our kapha time, governed by the earth and the water element. And that's usually the time when you want to be involved with relationships and, you know, that um, social aspect. So I found myself being called to actually help out as a school counselor, a before school counselor, you know, having had multiple miscarriages and not having any children, you know, sometimes my mind is as much as I can accept my path, what have you, sometimes there's that, um, there was this loneliness, for instance, and knowing that, that, that time from six to 10 Every day I'm by myself. My husband's off to work, usually even before 6 a.m., okay, maybe a little bit later some days. And I'm I'm with the cats. And I see how much need is in my own community. I put on my vision board at the beginning of the year a picture of the school. And I had every intention of going to help out my school district. I thought I was going to be helping out as a substitute teacher. So having, you know, gotten my license and everything here in the state of Illinois, but that's not how I was called. So having this business that I'm trying to, you know, still get off the ground here, two hours a day. So now it is just incredible to be able to have energy to share with others. After I have woken up feeling refreshed, meditated okay and take and i and i take care of myself first and then luckily it's only five minutes away where i need to drive and then to help the kids from 6 45 a.m to 9 a.m has just filled that time of day with with just such joy <laughs> so even even having that understanding and then getting off at nine o'clock, I still have plenty of time to get, you know, the the bulk of my work done from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. or 2 p.m. And, you know, Dave, you also helped me really understand the almost surrendering to the fact and giving myself permission to take naps. You know, so we don't usually take naps, I don't know, after we're you know, beyond our um, childhood, unless we're extremely tired, but giving myself the permission to wake up earlier, even at 4 a.m. to meditate if I find myself up at that hour, rather than just staying in bed and having these thoughts ponder around, taking advantage of that, that very, very sacred time, that quiet time, when it's actually easier to tap into almost a, a, a clearer state of mind. There's not so much noise out as the day goes on. So I'm hoping that through these different episodes, you'll learn different tools that may, you know, inspire you to, you know, look at, at different world perspectives. Having been raised Catholic, I, I certainly did not you know, grow up with having any information about my natal chart. Sure, I know my birthday being October 4th, I grew up with the knowledge, oh, I'm a Libra with that zodiac sign. Um, basically, being an identifier for my whole life. And even now, as I talk to a lot of people outside this world, when they want to know what sign you are, they are referring to what I now know is my sun sign, Libra. Um, but having learned a little bit more of Jyotish, I I now have to identify, right, as a, oh, is it a 
see, I forget, I believe is a, my, my moon sign more, my moon sign, which is a Scorpio. So this past weekend, we had a solar eclipse. And at the school where I'm the morning counselor, I had the opportunity to create a solar system display last week on Friday, even though in Illinois, we weren't able to see the solar eclipse. We apparently had um, the partial eclipse, but with the rainy weather, you know, you, you couldn't see anything in the sky. Um, I had a beautiful map of the U.S. and, you know, helped explain to the students which eight states were going to be able to see this ring of fire. I also had some books that I checked out of the library on astrology, astronomy, you know, and the moon, um, the solar system. They also had a bunch of coloring sheets, you know, and and some paper where they could cut out the sun, the earth, the moon. It was it was very um, inspiring just to see how just showing them the solar system brought out all these different questions and the creative minds at work as they colored, you know, their earth or their moon or whatever planet, you know, spoke to them. You know, there was also an opportunity for the students to quiz themselves. So there was a chart with the, with all of the planets um, with the description, but then there was another section and, and, Actually, after having been there now, I think 100 days, this was probably one of the first um, exhibits that we had that actually brought more interest from some of the from the boys. You know, so many of them knew the planets. They 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 knew which one was Venus. I mean, Saturn was pretty easy for a lot of people. But my my guest, Dave during his multidimensional time management course that I took, he had beautiful, beautiful presentation slides and handouts that just connected, again, the dots and made everything so crystal clear. I actually used one of his charts. I didn't have time um, to, to make a copy, but I used some tape and I taped that chart to a poster board asking, you know, which planet is in charge today? And that chart was all about the planets, the days of the week, and the deities. And sometimes people even kind of ooh, freak out with that word deity, but this column deity pretty much just explained how some of these days of the week and these planets even have ties to Greek mythology. Okay, so... You'd be happy to know, Dave, that even one of the counselors today, who's a grandmother, she had taken a picture of that chart, and she asked today. She showed me today, and we brought that conversation up with a, with a few of the kids that were there about, okay, today's Wednesday, so what, what planet is in charge today, you know, or what planet is Wednesday named after? I explained to them that I never learned or I didn't recall learning some of this information until I went down this path. So I was in my 40s before I really and truly had a good understanding of our seven days of the week and how they are all connected to, to our solar system. So given that the counselor speaks Spanish, you know, miracles or miracles is what we said. And even hearing that Spanish term for Wednesday, the first grader knew Mercury. <laughs> and, you know, even the Saturday with Saturn, the Sunday sun, um, it's, it's just exciting to see how we can take what we know and pass it on. Um, one other piece I wanted to mention is there's a second grader in class. I created one chart. So again, a crime against wisdom. I stayed up a little bit beyond 11 o'clock because I felt that this chart was something very important. Just, just to see whether any of them actually read it or not. It was a picture or a chart of 
the friends, the enemies, and those planets that are in the neutral state. And the big takeaway from that was that the students immediately saw if I asked, well, well, who has no enemies? And they saw that the moon has no enemies. The second grader that has transferred to this school, you know, it can be challenging to make friends if you've ever been in that situation yourself or, you know, have seen your own children, your own family members. When she saw that neutral word, she asked me, well, what does neutral mean? I said, just like in this room, you're not friends with everybody, but you're certainly not their enemies either. You're kind of neutral. Just like these planets have to share the space in the sky, you know, you have to share the space in the room. And her reply was, well, I must be neutral. I don't have many friends. So even at seven, eight years old, oh my goodness, okay, we're, we're able to pass on this information. Because if I look at, you know, some of the information in one of the books that I checked out at the library, Astrology and Astronomy, immediately it talks about astrology is ancient and how cultures around the world have practiced it. They even talk about the fact that Britain's Prince William and Kate Middleton um, had had this chart done before their marriage. But you know what? <laughs> There's a word that's highlighted and that word, hold on, I lost it here, attests to the fact that it's bold and it talks about pseudoscience. So the more that I have studied this, I realize that this is in the realm of genius, okay? So when, when we come back, Veda Dave will be sharing more of the science of Jyotish and how it connects to yoga, Ayurveda, and the ultimate peace of mind in his life. Stay tuned. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Spiral in healthier directions together. Join Marianne Beckman Berman on your mat or in your chair for an hour on Zoom for 10 weeks each season. Classes include Ayurvedic tips, yoga poses, breathing exercises, and meditation. The fall series runs Monday, October 2nd through December 4th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. Just $10 each class. Join anytime. Visit HealthySpirals.com to register. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Healthy Spirals Yoga Ayurveda Meditation, located near O'Hare Airport in Des Plaines, Illinois, offers cost-effective, holistic services in person, online, or at your location. From modern-day Ayurvedic pulse assessments, diet and lifestyle counseling, yoga and meditation classes, Healthy Spirals empowers you to make healthier lifestyle choices day by day, season by season. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Healthy Spirals Yoga Ayurveda Meditation. Have a question for Marianne or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5791. That's 866-472-5791. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm here with my guest, Dave McConaughey, a.k.a. Veda Dave. He provides wise guidance, friendly men mentorship for seekers of holistic health, ethical wealth, and spiritual self-awareness. He has been a Division I athlete, music journalist, 
global nomad and national sales and marketing manager in the natural foods industry. He has lived and studied full-time in ashram environments for seven of the past 14 years. 2023 completes his eighth year serving on the board of the directors of the Colorado Ayurvedic Medical Association. He is certified by the National Ayurvedic Medical Association as an Ayurvedic doctor, having completed more than 4,000 hours of class and clinic time. He is an English major with a master's degree in metaphysics, currently working on a doctorate in divinity. He is a natural teacher, offering classes, courses online and in person, including a 21-day meditation challenge starting today. Weaving together Ayurveda, Vedic astrology, internal family systems, eco-psychology, and sacred economics, Veda Dave is available for consultations online or at his Denver office. You can learn more at vedadave.com or follow him on Instagram at Ayurveda Dave. So welcome, Dave. Thank you for being here, conversing about your journey in time and space and the stance that we're on, you know, as we move between fate and free will. Hi, Marianne. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yes. So I did want to mention that when I took Dave's class, I I just realized his incredible mind does not work like everybody else's. Okay. And I I feel that oftentimes in our society, some of these minds from, you know, when, when we're young, we aren't as validated. You can hear how I talk. I can go a mile a minute if I'm not grounded. And the term Vata, when I learned Ayurveda, really and truly helped understand a lot of, you know, this, this movement in the mind. Okay, but I'm reading this book. I should say I checked out this book from the library, The Man Who Knew Infinity, A Life of the Genius, um, Ramanujan. And oh my, this is incredible. But rather, I've 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 read enough <laughs> as as some of the vatas, you know, we we start in a, the middle and we don't necessarily read from um front to back. In, in some books. But as I look at this, I would much rather read a 400-page book on consciousness-based psychology or even learning more of the Jyotish myself. So how did you find this path, wherever it started for you? Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting you say that, you know, my mind doesn't work the way others do. And that is clinically true. You know, I, um, as a kid, was diagnosed ADHD. Uh, as an adult, I've been diagnosed as bipolar two, and and I hold those diagnoses quite lightly because you know how much uh, power to invest them with is is an ongoing question. But it's been really helpful to recognize that, like, oh yeah, like there is this neurodiversity that that doesn't allow me to operate just in the way, you know, in air quotes, normal people do. And again, not sure that there's anybody who qualifies as normal. I don't know what that even begins to mean. Uh, but it, it really is in the process of learning how to manage my own mind, my own emotions, and the is navigating the extremity of my experiences on this earth that led me into yoga and Ayurveda and Vedic astrology. So uh, I was an athlete in college playing soccer at a high level and my junior year I was injured and in recovering from that injury was sent to a yoga class. And, and after the first class, it was a Bikram hot yoga. After that first class, this light bulb went off and it was like, if I'd been doing this the whole time, I would have never even gotten this injury. The conditions that led to this chronic thing suddenly popping would have never arisen if I'd just been breathing and stretching properly the whole time. And so that set me into this course that uh, amplified this metaphysical part of myself that had always been with me. And so after college, I ended up living at the Shivananda Ashram in Grass Valley, California. Uh, Marianne, you and I have the Grass Valley connection, you with CCA and 
and uh, myself in, at the Shivananda Yoga Farm there. And and so I landed there just for one month initially, but then I ended up staying for six months once I was working in the kitchen with an Ayurvedic doctor, working in the garden, uh, discovering bhakti yoga, discovering Ayurveda and Vedic astrology. And all of a sudden, this whole uh, system of cosmic wisdom clicked into place. And it's like, oh, life does make sense. There is an elegant order that organizes the cosmos in some sensible way, even if it looks kind of chaotic at this level. And and so that was really satisfying to me. And and the same question you talked about how like you you were in your late 30s or 40s by the time you discovered any of this. And and I immediately felt the grief. Same with that yoga class. It's like why wasn't I taught this as a toddler? Why why isn't Ayurveda and and Sankhya philosophy the the curriculum for preschool and and elementary school because the connection with the elements the uh, yeah the the elegance of this system of natural understanding is is really profound and and informs a more coherent worldview that has helped me to make sense of myself of my relationships and of the, the this wild world as a whole yeah and do you know for my 50th birthday i actually got to celebrate my 50th um birthday all year because my husband and i went to watch 50 sunrises so i realized it was a big aha moment you know turning 50 some of these milestones do make you ponder and when i turned 50 i realized oh my goodness you know what you have not even seen 50 sunrises in your life. Here, everybody in this Ayurvedic community talks about the days of the week and they know what um, planet it is and they have so much more knowledge of this astronomy, the astrology. I mean, a lot of it is learning Sanskrit too. So you have to know Sanskrit when they're using words like digbala, that means the directional strength and your and i personally every time i hear graha and bhava you know i have to mentally translate is this is this planet is this constellation um because it's not you know something that i grew up learning so watching those 50 sunrises for my 50th year helped me really and truly see where the sun was in relation to the moon and even these other planetary alignments, you know, thanks to you and thanks to, you know, my other Vedic astrologer friends who who post some of this information. So I thank you so much. Now, do you find that there's more people who want Ayurveda consultations or these Jyotish consultations? Oh, it's 90% Vedic astrology. Be ah. People very much favor the the jyotish the astrology because you know making significant lifestyle changes is hard and yes. and there's so much psychology caught up in changing your diet for example or changing when you wake up versus when you go to bed and and all those significant and and sometimes minuscule daily habits that make a big difference which ayurveda is so focused on that's hard and not sexy and the results are for sure but to actually do that takes discipline and 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 so people want to come and they want to be told when they're going to fall in love when they're going to get rich when you know they they do want the good news or or more often it's people who are really struggling trying to find some significance trying to find some greater meaning. And one of the one of the reasons I believe more people are coming for Jyotish is because mental health is the primary condition that most Americans is mostly who I deal with, but, but people all over the world is mostly mental health at this point. And that is the ground upon which any other change is gonna be made. And so if we're, if we're not treating the mind and the heart, then nothing else can can happen and so the beauty of jyotish is to be able to zoom out and get that cosmic perspective depersonalize 
the experience of your own life for a moment to see it in its larger context and understand that you are one bubble on a big crashing wave you're one actor in a larger play and you don't have control over the script you don't have control over the direction and the ferocity of the wave that you're riding but you do have the choice of how to surf it you do have the choice of with what level of gusto you're going to play your role and and embrace your appropriate role you know sometimes it is your turn to step center stage and sing your lines but sometimes it's actually appropriate to to be in the background or to to be the supporting role and and so to just to know what chapter of the story it is what is your role to play right now and what's your relationship to the other characters in the play that understanding can make it a lot easier to drink less coffee or only drink coffee after eating something and before 10 a.m. Or, or, you know, go to bed earlier and turn off your screens and this sort of thing where it, because, you know, if it's just, you know, Dave saying, hey, like, try to drink less coffee, that's maybe not as convincing as, look, Saturn is transiting your first house and your anxiety is likely to be elevated and coffee's not going to help with that. And so we need to be doing things in the other direction, proactively calming, regulating your nervous system, as opposed to jacking it up with caffeine, for example. Absolutely. And I wanted to just quote, there is a mention there's um, somebody I follow. She's got uh, um, some books. She was a Sunday school teacher and she has basically um, sung over 9,000 different verses in the Bible. So she feels as if she's memorized it because of song. And we see a lot of, you know, the Ayurvedic texts, um, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the people in our community who come from India, we we see how they have this wisdom from the songs and they can literally cite some of these um, sutras and, and just translate from Sanskrit into English because of that um, song. So she knows the Bible in that way. And I compare a lot of what she's talking about with our concept of the yugas. Some people are familiar with that term Kali Yuga and using that as the explanation for a lot of the, the turmoil, a lot of this destruction of the old ways that we're seeing. And when we look at that concept of the yugas or these time periods in, in the Vedas or along the yoga, the yogic wisdom, we know that we're moving into this golden age. So we know that eventually we're we're going to find this ultimate peace. So that's that's one of her books is this thousand years of peace. But but she clearly gives the message in that she was raised under the influence that it was against the religion to even be looking at the sun and the moon and the stars, you know, and that was considered the work of um, the occult. And now she basically ties all the different major events and even a lot of the rituals and the ceremonies that all the different religions usually have their their celebrations on she sees how they're all linked to these astronomical days and in luke 21 verse 25 there's even a mention that there will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. So she's she's saying that, hang on, everything is, you know, so she's actually looking at it from a very positive thing and quoting the Bible. But I know I, I quickly texted two of my cousins Thank you very much for for getting back to me. They're the younger generation that's always by the by the phone, and you know. And I had asked if if they or anybody in my Indian family, you know, use this this natal information to get married or plan any of their wedding events. And no, you know, they they both said that as Catholics, you know, this is pretty much reserved for the Hindus, and. 
I, I guess I feel that I even looked further into the study of yoga and Ayurveda having roots and having Indian blood because having gone to Catholic schools for 12 years of my life, I still needed to find more peace of mind. I didn't have enough questions answered as an existential learner. So not everybody has, not everybody's an existential learner. So I will admit that this path, <laughs> it's very, it's, it's, um, it's a lot to learn, but I feel why, why not give some of this information to us when we're younger and we're more easily able to comprehend, right? So how long has it taken you to, to really get a grasp of um, Jyotish, this Vedic astrology? I mean, I'm not sure I do have a grasp on it yet. I mean, <laughs> I started yes. studying in 2009. And so what that's, that's 14 years now. And I'm still a beginner. I'm still, um, still just trying to piece it all together. But, but I mean, what you're speaking to is, you know, the idea that the church or the sort of spiritual authority would make it against its doctrine to look at the sun, moon, and stars, the most fundamental sources of light and life that exist from our reference point, you know that the Catholic Church has all sorts of astronomers and astrologers and and deep wisdom, and and you know they're looking at the stars. And, and so this, this making the, the law that, hey, poverty is nobility, and you're not allowed to look at the stars or practice herbalism because that's witchcraft. <clears throat> like, this is a strategic thing. And same with the Gregorian calendar, where the all the holidays are just a little bit off, right? Uh, Christmas is not the winter solstice. The 4th of July is not the summer solstice. Uh, Easter is not the spring equinox. It's it's like everything's just slightly off and, and slightly off kilter and not to go too conspiratorial, but but you can see the wobble in in our culture, in our planet, in geopolitics, and where it's not spinning smoothly. And, and so this is indicative of Kali Yuga. And, and, you know, we can go deeper into the, what these ages mean. Yes, and we will. So please stay tuned when we come back. We'll go deeper into this conversation to talk more about finding the ultimate peace of mind. Stay tuned. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Healthy Spirals Yoga Ayurveda Meditation, located near O'Hare Airport in Des Plaines, Illinois, offers cost-effective, holistic services in person, online, or at your location. From modern-day Ayurvedic pulse assessments, diet and lifestyle counseling, yoga and meditation classes, Healthy Spirals empowers you to make healthier lifestyle choices day by day, season by season. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Spiral in healthier directions together. Join Marianne Beckman-Berman on your mat or in your chair for an hour on Zoom for 10 weeks each season. Classes include Ayurvedic tips, yoga poses, breathing exercises, and meditation. The fall series runs Monday, October 2nd through December 4th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. Just $10 each class. Join anytime. Visit HealthySpirals.com to register. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Healthy Spirals Yoga Ayurveda Meditation. Have a question for Marianne or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5791. That's 866-472-5791. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back to Healthy Spirals Yoga Ayurveda Meditation. I'm here with my guest, Veda Dave, Vedic astrologer, Ayurvedic doctor, and discussing, oh, all things related to time, space, light. Um, before we went to commercial break, we were talking about how other cultures don't necessarily recommend that you look to the sun, the moon, the stars for any kind of advice, but we mentioned that it certainly has helped us. So having lost a sister who, you know what, she was a genius. So having, you know, reading a book a day, um, I, I strongly encourage people, you know, what do you have to lose, right? I mean, when you, when you look at the loss of life itself, can it can it hurt to to be exploring you know different options when i did my masters in health and wellness education one of the first topics we talked about were the nine types of learners and do you know immediately even though they mentioned existential learners it was pretty clear that existential learners have nowhere in <laughs> they're 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 pretty much dismissed in the school system <laughs> you know, so if anybody's been there, the last thing the teacher wants is that child in class who says, well, why? Well, why? <laughs> well, who says, <laughs> you know, why? And some of this beauty really comes down to some of the elements and the concept of the Akasha, the space element, you know, forever changed my point of view. And, and I remember learning how they said, hey, the average people, we need to be worried about the earth element for the food we eat. Okay. Hey, maybe the air element because of what we breathe. Sure. We know we're mainly water and most of us are dehydrated. We're, we're, we're definitely not drinking enough and our fire element, you know, we, we can manage our cooking in our internal system, but it's that air element or the space element that is pretty much governed for royalty, for your priestly class, okay? Um, if, if you can talk about maybe some of your experiences, because what I find now is it's easier to explain to people who have a pretty good concept as to what their thoughts may be, and they're open to the fact that their all their thoughts may not be their own. You know, and I oftentimes explain, hey, if I hit print from my laptop to that computer or the printer that's across from you, you know, my complicated document that I spent hours on goes through you in through the space. These waves, these invisible waves go through you in print. And it, is it any wonder to maybe think that there are some people who are open to 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 read some of that? So if you can talk about your experience between helping people maybe determine or distinguish between what what are their thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's one of the things that you know physics in the 20th century did that was a disservice was propose that space is empty and and that empty space is what separates us as opposed to the ayurvedic view which is that ether is what connects us and and space is not empty but in fact densely full of what we call akash or or ether and that is actually the ocean of space that we're swimming in just like if we were in a swimming pool the distance between us is full of water and it's the water that actually connects us and and so if we think about space that way and a lot of the modern astrophysics is proving this the nobel prize in 2017 went to the group at ligo the uh, at caltech the laser interferometer geo uh, gravitational wave observatory measured gravitational waves and basically they found the experimental proof of Einstein's last hypothesis in the special theory of relativity, which is that space itself has physical qualities. And it basically operates like 
a big ocean. And, and there are these gravitational waves, which are fluctuations in the medium of space-time itself, which the modern nomenclature is, is uh, dark matter, I guess. But, but we have this concept of ether from all the way back. And, and so when we think about, you know, only in the middle of the 20th century did we have Carl Jung bringing the idea of the collective consciousness into the collective consciousness and and this idea becoming more mainstream that hey maybe your brain and body is more like a radio antenna than it is of uh, the the source and, and generator of consciousness maybe we're actually just tuning into the thoughts instead of having my thoughts i'm just tuning into the thoughts at where i'm swimming in this particular realm of the ocean of awareness and and so this is this is something that's been crucial for my own mental health and is something that I talk to lots of friends and clients about is this question to ask whose thought is this whose feeling is this if i'm having a, a difficult experience i can just do a check like wait is this mine and sometimes it is right sometimes it really is and and then then I can work with it. But sometimes it's clearly not. It's like, oh, I'm picking up on the the collective stress or the, the collective sadness, or somebody just walked in the room who's all flustered and frustrated, and I'm picking up on that. That's not mine. And, and there's a different strategy to deal with that as opposed to, oh, I have there's a there's an internal part of me who's feeling frustrated or irritable and and i from my sort of central self need to have a conversation with that inner part that inner child that internalized voice of my mother that that is trying to help but maybe in a way that's not exactly helpful in in this moment so just that paradigm Again, there's there's lots of strategies once we get into applications and how to actually work with it. But just having that paradigm, that understanding that uh, you your psyche is uh, composed of many different parts, and you as an individual are one part of the larger whole of humanity and the planet and the cosmos, and and that there is fluidity between these different spheres of of influence. That, that paradigm is so, so helpful and relieving over and over again. Absolutely. So we could talk oh, all day on probably um, just about everything, but I want to find out what you did for the Ring of Fire. Since uh, were, were, were you able to see it? I mean, I know Colorado was in the path, but I don't know if it was where you were it was it was in the path and uh so the uh the community where i have my office here in denver is called archipelago and it's a beautiful old victorian building it's a co-working space and has offices and event space and sauna and cold plunge beautiful space and one of the things that archipelago does is participate in a worldwide event which is called daybreaker and they throw sober early morning dance parties all around the country, all around the world. And, and so this last Saturday morning, we were hosting and producing this Daybreaker event. And it, this is one of the things that it, astrology is really good for, where if the organizer of this event, the planning committee had come to me and said, hey, Dave, we're planning an event. Are, is there any time we shouldn't do it? I would like literally the three hours that this event was happening was the three hours that the eclipse was was going on. And so it's like I would have preferred to be at home at my altar, sitting, chanting, just doing some mantra, doing some internal reflection, because what an eclipse is really brilliant for is to get the download, to to track all the different parts, all the different voices. And, and it's literally a portal that opens up, right? This alignment of sun, moon, and earth happens. And it's it's like the clock striking midnight in so many ways. And so, so there's a bunch of information that comes through. I don't usually recommend acting on that information right away. Usually it's like when your computer has a new operating system. So you download the, the new update 
And then you got to shut down your computer and start it up again before the new operating system actually starts to work. That for me is what an eclipse is. So typically, ideally, I want to be in a calm, quiet place, meditating, getting all the information, feeling all the feelings and writing them down, sending myself voice notes, journaling, so that then after this eclipse cycle, I can look back and be like, okay, that's actually really important. I can take some more calm, measured action now that the turmoil has has dissipated. And am I correct in hearing that the next time this will happen is 2045? That this was a very rare event? Or, I mean, I know that there's a total eclipse that we will be able to see in my state, Southern Illinois, April 8th of 2024. So yeah. this this goes to show you that even I'm learning a lot <laughs> um, with these eclipses. I, I do know that they're auspicious times, um, but I understand that it's more important to be meditating if it's happening in your area, right? Um, Versus I, the other part of the world. I'm not sure I totally agree with that. It's, it's okay. the sort of thing that, you know, the, the sun is blocked out or the moon is blocked out for the whole planet. And, and while there is significance for the impact on, on the, like, so there's the great American eclipse of 2017, which literally like, like sliced the country in half. And that was, you know, uh, summer, fall of 2017. And, and the country since then has been like really split in half more than ever. Yes. And so it's happening again this spring. And so there, there is a, a rhyme or a resonance with that eclipse from 2017. Um, but, but it's, it's true for everybody all over the planet. So, so just, just whether it's visible or not, it's, it's a time to be very mindful. Okay. Well, before we wrap up, I do want to ask you, Dave, um, maybe to share with the listeners about any courses you have coming up other than this 21-day meditation challenge starting this evening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So just uh, what, like two hours from now, it launches what I call somatic imagination practice. And this is a 21-day process of five to 10-minute meditations every day to increase your inner awareness, find greater calm, clarity, confidence, and uh, sort through the difference between the different voices in your head, to set better boundaries with yourself and the world around you, uh, and to regulate your own nervous system so you can be more resilient and engage with the world in a good way. So, so that starts right now. You can check out uh, somaticimagination.com or go to vedadave.com uh, for, for that. Um, that program and those practices are actually just the setup for a year-long course in internal family solar systems, which is using astrological archetypes to enhance and accelerate the process of internal family systems work. Um, so that's okay. that's the gist of it. Thanks for okay. having me, Marianne. Yes, and I also wanted to mention to the listeners that Dave will be one of the featured presenters kicking off a week-long challenge leading up to the Global Ayurveda Day for the National Ayurvedic Medical Association. And that takes place Monday through Friday, November 6th through 10th, 11 a.m. Central and 10 a.m. Mountain Time. So he'll be presenting on space, time, and light. So if you've enjoyed today's show, please tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Pacific, and visit uh, my website, healthyspirals.com, for more information on the services I offer. Thanks for tuning in. Namaste. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Healthy Spirals Yoga Ayurveda Meditation. We hope you've learned how you can lead a spiritually, mentally, and emotionally healthful life. Until next week, namaste. Namaste.